Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. Do you like how I say it more excited now? Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's a podcast where we regurgitate half-remembered TED Talks as we try and make sense of an increasingly chaotic cognitive landscape. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. Let's talk about some TED Talks we half-remember. So this week we're going to talk about system change versus personal change. Um, so probably in the context of climate, but I think also poverty, capitalism, all that kind of thing. Um, what kind of like made you suggest this one, Ivanka? Well, I it's probably I've probably half watched some or half remembered some TED talks or podcasts, <laughs> but what brought it to the fore was uh, having somebody staying with us for a couple of weeks who appreciates my knowledge of and uh, general concern for the climate and uh, still we had this com- random conversation at a ice cream stand where she refused to have her ice cream in a cornet which can be eaten Cone. or composted and insisted on having it in a pot with a plastic spoon mm. so so, so, in, I thought, so the well, plastic spoon is the institutional uh, problem it is the it is the institutional <laughs> systemic problem that just needs to be eliminated. Mm. Also, quad bikes. Quad bikes. <laughs> All right. For me, this is interesting just because of the. I think there's a lot of sort of fetishization of plastic straws and um, carrier bags and things, which we've been doing for decades now, and it's clearly not making a difference. And really, it's you know no. when you look at how like a hundred companies are responsible for most of the emissions it's like it needs to go back to yeah it needs to go to the institution to it needs to be and yeah. also just the institutional benefits you know just the the council giving you recycling bags makes a big difference you know um just making things convenient is is much more effective than expecting everyone to kind of think about it all the time um so yeah that's that's the sort of thing we're going to talk about so let's play music of intro Music of intro. Um, how's life, Ivanka? Uh, life is. <laughs> I had a success this week. Ooh. I had I had a day where I was very sad and I couldn't really explain why I was sad. So mm-hmm. we just had to accept that I was sad that day. Right. Uh, so I had a sad day, and then uh, I went for a run. Right. And that helped. That helped me stop feeling so sad. And when I came back from my run, but that was only late afternoon that I managed to, you know, start doing some self-help. But then my success this week was to find a sort of small holding stroke little farm where I bought some eggs and some potatoes and they may well now become my ongoing vegetable supplier. Oh, uh, finally. Which is lovely. Finally. <laughs> I have found, so because I... I was, I've been trying to, we have an old lady at the market here who obviously sells stuff she grows. And then we've got a market stall of people, obviously resellers. Hmm. Um, but eggs, I've struggled to get good eggs and I, I find it very dodgy. <laughs> yeah. I look at the, well. you know, you know, when the, you know, the packaging thing where it all just looks like happy chickens on the, 
You possibly don't, as I don't know if you avoid yeah, eggs I or do. don't eat them. I do but, avoid eggs, but, but I also am familiar You do avoid eggs, but you know, you know, they have those lovely cardboard things with happy chickens looking like they're <laughs> they're next to a farmhouse. <laughs> yeah. And then you then you try and read the label, and it's very unclear how these chickens spent their days. So I went to meet some chickens. Mm. They seemed happy. Uh. They were okay with me having their eggs. <laughs> And I, and I met some people. Mm. Anyway, how are you, Michael? Oh, thanks for asking. Uh, well, I think um, I had to go to the doctor this week because um, everyone's worried that my fingers have gone a bit yellow. And uh, I, I think I might have like a tapeworm or something from the farmer's market food. I think I've ingested some sort of parasite. <laughs> I might be all right. No, I, 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 um, I, I just I, I've sort of thought after the... Um, after the uh, kidney stone debacle last year, I should probably just, like, try and get on top of it before anything bad happens. But, yeah, my fingers are a bit yellow, so I had to have some blood taken yesterday on Wednesday, which is not my favourite thing, but I just you just have to just talk. No. Just while it's happening, I'm just yammering, just trying to like... keep thinking of things to say while it's still going. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah when we do go to it, yeah, I know. And um, so that's uh, that's done. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens there. So maybe I've only got two weeks left to live. So this, uh, this podcast will, you know, we've got to get to a hundred, and then, but who knows? I'm sure I'm fine. <laughs> then, just a and then, mild... it, then it's then you, then you're fine to die. <laughs> just a mild <laughs> bit of jaundice uh, <laughs> or something, maybe. Um, so that's happened. I, 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 um... the, do you still eat loads of mangoes for breakfast? Do they make you go yellow? Well, I mean, I if they hadn't so far, then I'd be surprised if they yeah, right. suddenly would start making me go yellow. Um, yeah, but you might have reached mango yellow saturation. Mango <laughs> saturation. It could have happened. So there's that. Also, I've been working on... I had a week off, and also then I've been working on my Apple development stuff. It is like when you're doing stuff for yourself, it's hard to make time to just sort of like mess about. Whereas if you know you're getting paid for a day... You do, you know, you sort of can procrastinate a bit and not worry too much. But I, I'm sort of on that uncertain where some money's coming from uh, thing at the moment. So uh, it's all a bit like I'm just like working, you know, 12 hours straight, just like trying to learn the new thing and just going, oh, I? and I'm, I'm nowhere. I'm sort of behind on my YouTube video again. Anyway, uh, I just feel like I'm yammering this morning. Um I was going to say, I, I did a good little... Um, I've been talking to uh, Xavier about Blank State sort of um, explainers, like, you know, uh, the Nikki K-style explainers, and did a little... had fun doing a little prototype in Observable, so I made a little Monopoly simulator. So I thought it might be interesting to kind of mo simulate a m Monopoly games so that we can, like, tinker with the parameters a bit and sort of... Because mm. I think interesting... Oh, Monopoly's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monopoly is interesting because everyone gets the same amount of money and still it's really brutal. But I can, I just wanted to sort of do 100 players where like one gets a bit more money and just see how much that skews it just to sort of demonstrate yeah, yeah, some yeah, of the yeah. shortcomings That's of a good idea. capitalism. And it also came from wanting to maybe um, try... It was before we landed on actual Monopoly the game. It was like, I think the idea of monopolies... It's a problem at the moment. We have got some big monopolies. And um, what if you did limit the size of companies and simulated that to sort of show the difference it might make uh, if it wasn't just Google, Apple, Facebook, uh, which it is yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it? totally. And I'm learning Italian in earnest, doing it every morning now. Oh, really? Six days uh, in. What, what does that, what form does doing it every morning take? Um, 
I'm doing Pimsler, which is half an hour of like speak and learn Italian. How do you say where is Piazza San Marco? Dove Piazza San Marco? How do you say? But how do you say? No, thank you. But I would like to drink something, but not now. Later. How do you say? Are you doing this with Sharon? No, 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 on, on the thing. phone. What, like, um, Sharon is my teacher. <laughs> no, no, I'm doing what? it on an app. I'm doing, I'm doing as, it on my phone. As a native Italian speaker, it makes sense. Yeah, that but she's not an Italian teacher. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm sort of, I'm trying it out on her later. So that's fun. I'm like picking up the odd bit, but no, you're Italian. I don't think speaking a language no, makes no, I, you a... I... <laughs> Sharon, I need you not to do anything for half an hour each morning and teach me Italian instead. Um, maybe not. <laughs> I don't understand why that's such a ludicrous idea. Because you got to get ready for Not- work. <laughs> Sharon, please pause your life for half an hour every day. Um... No, I would not do that to Shaz. Also, she's not going to have a well-structured Italian training course. Sorry, I'm doing a sort of... Oh, my God, how could you say something so ridiculous? stupid? I can't believe you've done this. Anyway, whatever. Let's uh, let's talk about subjects. Well, Nick's learning Croatian, obviously. Yeah. And I am not teaching him Croatian, of course. why, Why would you? I would be mad. But but I do participate in the practice. Sure, um, exactly. But I uh, but he went and dropped off because he goes to creation lessons twice a week, okay. and uh, he does he did nursery. He started to do more nursery drop off and talking mm. to the ladies at nursery, and they were like, "What? You go and have a lesson in Mirza? What's wrong with Ivanka? She should oh, she's a yeah. bad wife. She's." <laughs> For not teaching you Croatian. Well, you, now you've Croatian. got now you're armed with my response, and you'll be able to very quickly shut them down. Well, no more <laughs> than be. I would. Uh, I mean, I didn't let Nick come anywhere near teaching me how to ski. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's just it's not going to work. Let's face it, it's not going to work. Like teaching a language is very different to speaking it. It's like, well, you should just know. Why don't you know how to drive? Are you an idiot? I can drive. This <laughs> is going to turn into that, right? I can ski. Why can't you ski? System change versus personal change. What's uh, so personal changes? You've you've done quite a lot. I have made quite a lot of personal changes. I'm not sure that they were all specifically or are specifically around in response to plastic or it's just a general not wanting to have as much impact on the planet. Yes. The, the kind of changes we've made or I have been making over the last 20 years because it has been a long slow journey Mm. you know only ever getting my power from a green energy provider uh there have been periods where i couldn't reduce my flying so i didn't consider it because i flew a lot for work uh but generally buying organic vegetable delivery boxes uh, having the milkman deliver milk um whatever you know buying less trying to buy more second hand uh just generally choosing and opting out of buying a bigger house because i had more money but rather generally choosing to keep 
to, to not have a life of increased consumption, mm. uh, but rather, you know, balancing out, okay, so I'm earning more money, maybe I can work less, maybe I can spend more time doing other things. Yeah. So um, it, yeah. just basically making some lifestyle choices and yeah. doing around diet, uh, not eating as much or hardly any meat, uh, thinking about where I, thinking about the cost of a thing, not just being oh I can get a tin of beans cheaper yeah. there, but rather where's that tin of beans come from, who made it, how much, what sort of packaging, blah blah blah, all those kind of decisions that um, personal awareness, just personal awareness, and and so I think uh, yeah, so I am that I am one of those people hmm. that has been has one been of those people, one of those people. So I know you've done more in some areas um, and I've done, I've got my, like, I, I'm kind of like, just after hearing George Monbiot say, look, you, it's your flights and your diet and beyond that, it's institutional. So I've kind of yeah. taken that to heart. And I, I, I mean, I didn't change my diet for environmental reasons, but I am now smug about having changed my diet because of the environmental <laughs> impact. <laughs> so Obviously. Mean, Any excuse. <laughs> Any excuse. Um, like, you know, I feel, you know, I, you know, and you know, you got, you recycle. It's, I mean, if you're not, it's funny, like off, I think that sort of difference between being at work and being at home is a, is a problem. Cause like, I don't know, you sort of hope that offices recycle the plastic boxes you get every day to have lunch. But I've got a feeling like we just, they just go, I've got a feeling that's where yeah. a lot of the landfill comes from. And I did hear like, um, there was a YouTuber, can I find his name? Someone saying like, yeah, like I, a lot of this is, we do a lot of good stuff at home, but actually like at work is where a lot of this change needs to happen really. They don't have the recycling well, yeah. setup or they ha they've just got the air conditioning blasting all day so, and it's... But it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's even like this strong uh, recommendation that if we were all to move to a four day week, mm. we would have, that would have a massive impact on our carbon footprint as humans or working from home you know not having offices because you're just creating two two places that need yeah, to yeah. be serviced it's wasteful yeah, um, yeah well and this is the thing it's like that the, 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 it's interesting how many of the institutional changes that are needed are, are political um, oh, yeah. like the four like we should but we would love personally like i you know give me a four-day week give me let's stop capitalism in its tracks and stop wealth inequality and this horrible poverty situation but that's something we all want but the institution the politics of it the institutions there are just they can't reconcile no. that sort of change well, with how UBS, they operate ubs is moving to a four-day week so right. welcome trust big big okay. big organization a london only but still hmm. ubs moving to a four-day week What's there's UBS? a lot uh, that bank it's the big bank. Oh, investment sorry. bank thingy. Uh, um, oh, it's just UBS, Swiss. Okay. Um, um, yeah. But so you know, if, the, if, if you start seeing some big organisations changing their habit, that ha immediately has big impact and mm. it signals to other people that it's doable yeah. and that it can work. And inevitably, all these things that are good for the climate are also good for us humans. Yes. You know, it's like... It's trees are nice. <laughs> like, trees are nice. Yeah. Eating well is good for you. 
ex, you know, not walking instead of driving or yeah. cycling instead of driving. These are all things that sort of like actually, if you if you if if institutionally these changes and these expectations were when were to live a climate friendly life people would be more feel better as well mm. but they can't happen like you on your own cycling to work taking your packed lunch you know that's it's good and but that's not to say you shouldn't do it that's mm. the other thing i saw claire yeah. farrell from oh. extinction rebellion there was a video going around of her being on sky news yeah. and she was yeah yeah i mean and i agree with her it's like all these personal changes are really important and good mm. but without the systemic change and i yeah. have been i think that's part part of my sad day the other day yeah was the fact that i was like we know this what are we waiting for? There's so much like, stuff we have known. And like, and, and yeah, one of, you just, you know, sent that video to me the other day. Some kids have done like a sort of rap song about saving the world. And it was like, yeah. okay, it's cute. It's like, it's the stuff we've known for 30, 40 years. It's yeah. the same stuff. It's the do your recycling, cycle, walk to work. Clearly, everyone knowing this is not solving the problem and no. institutional change is needed. But and, and we need to figure out what it is that's these machines, how do you kind of, how do you disrupt them, them enough that they take <laughs> notice? Because, yeah, like I, it is interesting. You know, it's amazing when you hear about businesses making changes like that. I didn't know that like such big companies were starting to do this. Well, I saw, on, uh, I saw it on Twitter. The other thing, mm. I mean, going back to we've known this for 30 years, you've brought up this example before, mm. is the fact that, you know, the first episode of the French Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah, yeah. was had this whole green planet global yeah. warming thing. <laughs> yeah. And somebody put that on Twitter the other day. It's like, I've gone, I've gone to watch some telly to, to, to sort of get over the world and have a break from how shit it all is yeah. and he said I've gone to watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah. episode one I'm like we've <laughs> known this for so yeah. long and we're not yeah. doing anything we're just in total denial um, well it's not even denial it, I think it's 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 um, blatant and blatant disregard well it's uh, just not compatible with the goals with the with the GDP mentality right ultimately no. it's that gdp growth 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 thing that will not let governments legislate around like this sort of climate you know that kind of yeah, yeah. subject because everything is so bound up with like we've just got to create value for shareholders we're not yeah. and nothing else matters but, but what uh, i don't understand the, the thing that drives me insane and makes me want to actually get physically makes me angry mm -hmm. is the fact that these shareholders are human beings <laughs> they're not living on a different planet their children will also be living on this planet just like my child mm. just like everybody else's it's like this this idea that you you can somehow separate what's good for shareholders from what's good for humans is ludicrous <laughs> comes down to a, a, a fun because you speak you know I, the last lot of investors that i spoke to where i was like in a room with people that had money to back sort of projects like this they were all like oh amazon smile by the way amazon smile can 
go fuck itself. Like, Jeff, <laughs> do where's one. the pay your goddamn taxes button? Like, oh, no, if you buy things through Amazon Smile, then we'll give back some money to the world. Yeah. Oh. Just pay your taxes. Um, anyway, like, they'll be like Amazon Smile. Oh, we want to do, like, social impact projects. We'll want to do... So they, they're all thinking about this, but I think there's, there's a human ability to just have two completely contradictory sets of behaviours mm. that you don't connect. You don't realise that one is completely undermining mm. the other. So is, is the answer like, how do we connect? How do we bridge those cognitive, that cognitive dissonance? That How do you kind of try and go, look, you're this belief that you're very earnest about, my money must go up. But this belief, I want a good world for my children. Have you have you noticed that they're not talking to each other? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you start letting them talk to each other. But I mean, Peter, you know, you don't have to be the investor sitting in the room to not be able to make that connection. Like it's no, just no, no, on no. a human level. People just go about, yeah, but you know, I've got to go about my business. Yeah, but your business. It's like here, the um, there's there's one of the, one of the dads works for Shell. Yeah, and I'm like. I understand you're going off and you're earning, you know, shit ton of money coming home to your little Adriatic island and but you're working for Shell. Yeah. You know, you've got your your how are you reconciling that with living on this Adriatic island where we're seeing like the, the you know, my neighbor put his nets in the sea the other day overnight mm. and he we Nick went with him to to haul it out and they literally got maybe a kilo of fish. Right. And he like he he should have, with the size of his net, he should have had like enough to take to market. Then there's just yeah. no creatures in the sea. Oh there is, you know what I mean. It's like, a, and it's live, living more rurally. The the effects of climate change, as already is, are very much more apparent than in an urban setting. I've said it mm. before, but I think it's a. So I, I don't know how people join up these like like. Uh, oh yeah this summer the weather's really bad and it's been raining every day I don't understand how come mm. it's like this re- anyway I'm off to work for Shell yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, well yeah there's that desperation there's that feeling that like the people you hear talking about earnestly about climate change aren't the people that are working three jobs right they're no. not that's not the same people so no. and, and that really comes back to you know inequality universal basic well, income kind of discussions but like it, it I, does feel yeah. like I can't if I can't make ends meet I'm not going to start yeah. like trying to choose no. the more you know no. which we, is why it has to be systemic change it cannot yeah. be we can't I I am um, on that note I had on the subject of um of uh poverty I had you know my new found I will pick people up on stuff on Twitter yeah. I had this um this week uh with all the Boris Johnson I refuse to call him Boris. He's Johnson. Uh, he all that nonsense. A bunch of British charities have had, have emailed, written to the government formally and said, "Can we have some emergency money for no Brexit, uh, no deal Brexit, yeah. uh, for to feed the people in this country who are already hungry and can't afford food?" So yeah. I, I shared this because one of the person that shared it was a woman who works for Sustain, the charity. Yeah. that talks about sustainable food um and then i had someone come in and she goes oh but you know what we need to address is the fact that you know these p- parents are feckless they have children that they can't feed my mm-hmm. friend was on benefit for blah 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 and i was like and you know yeah. this whole my fr- i mean a i'm not entirely convinced she's a real human mm. i have to say because 
of you know like she seems a bit botty to me yeah. um you know in that sort of or troll deliberate troll yeah but i was like the thing is even if what you're saying is true but you're not basing any of your conversation on data you're basing it on my friend he's from abroad and he's just here taking our taxes or whatever i was like in your scenario if what you're saying is that if if a mother can't swim we should let her child drown like it's not a well, you know, the, the narrative of the lazy, poor person is, is... Look, you've got people that are either working harder than you can imagine yeah. and barely getting paid for it or just defeated. Um, yeah. And that's a systemic problem. Like, the fact that, that people c- just find... Oh, well, people are claiming mental health. Yeah, if you're not... That's, sorry, yeah. there is an increase of mental yeah, yeah. health yeah. problems because of the system that we're in, um, and the, the way that like people can't get paid for their labour. No one, the people, the value for people's labour isn't coming back to the people. It's going to some someone that doesn't need it instead. I mean, and mo- a lot of these people that are going to a food bank, they are. This is in work poverty as well. Mm. This is like not being paid enough. Because going back to those shareholders, there's been that other thing that's been shared recently where Nestle have said we can't possibly afford to sell chocolate where we've guaranteed no child slavery has been used yeah. in the production of the chocolate, right? And you know, you remember that talk for that Tony's Chocoloni mm. company yeah, from, yeah. from 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 mm. Dutchland. Um, they, link it's it. like. They were like, um, you know, we, that the cost would have to be passed on to the consumer. But just, but so, like, on what planet is it okay to have children l- labour for you for free or for under work for you full stop uh, because shareholders? Yeah, that is on, on our planet right now, and that's evil. the problem, right? <laughs> that is it, truly evil. And this idea mm. that those children somehow should slave so that my child can eat chocolate. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. Is uh, poison anyway. And also, so it's the, just also the, the offensive idea that, oh, we're, oh, our margins cannot be sacrificed. We need all of that money because. We need to just have loads and loads and loads of money. Otherwise, you know, we just we just need it. Like, I've got a lot of cars right now. Like, it's going to be a problem for me if I have to, like, eBay one of my cars. I just don't have time to sell anything. So I'm just like, you know, that's, I just can't yeah, yeah. think about that. Like. No, it's awful, awful, awful. That, I mean, that's the kind of systemic change that I think we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, organisations growing a fucking conscience and acting on it shareholders what the hell are you doing demand that the companies you're taking money you can be profitable and be be uh human like you don't have to be the trouble is once it starts being money it's very hard to again it's like you come back to that property of money that it's the it's very hard to argue with it it's very hard to ignore that like all other measures seem so um sort of yeah if, if only we had some hard way of measuring more than just money although in dubai they've got a minister of happiness now it's interesting that even like even dubai is realizing that well i mean i suppose dubai being a chronic sort of like it's all about money place them having to realize that money isn't everything and like there are other measures so they've sort of gone to happiness 
Um, and I don't know what else. Like, I'm just, this is off one conversation I've done, yeah, no yeah. reading on it. <laughs> I think everyone, people in the world, like, you read uh, Kate Raworth as well. I'm trying to, like, read that in earnest now as well. And just the fact that, like, GDP was just introduced semi-frivolously, like, after yeah. a, after a, you know, a wartime situation in the Depression or whatever. It was like, okay, well, let's... The president wanted to show that that there was improvement things based on these better, things, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but now it's turned into you know it's the only measure um, <laughs> institutions. But that but institutions do have KPIs, Facebook likes. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. Well, we do. I mean, we do like st- we'd like measures and scores, don't we, humans? Yes. We yes. do like we do we do. There's no doubt about it that we like mm. these kind of comparators and comparisons. Yeah. And well, I have to say, I also like read the Paris Agreement this week because, yeah. like, um, you know, I've had some review from that video, and it was like, oh, there are the Paris Agreement isn't all. It does have like uh, incentives, um, but it, it just sort of says, yeah, you can incentivize. But a lot of the Paris Agreement is about measuring, measuring your impact and reporting your impact. And and when I read that whole plastic document, it was all about like how can we measure this? And and the the problem of measuring vi- environmental impact is is not a solved problem. It's very no. complicated and it's very hard for like if everyone agrees that they're going to reduce their emissions, CO two emissions, it's like well, I don't know. And there's all this stuff about, like, they, they keep going on about double counting, like, in the Paris Agreement. And it's sort of fixated on that to the point that, like, it doesn't really have any... And the, the other problem with the Paris Agreement is it doesn't have any penalties for failure to reach your quota. It doesn't have any... Like, it's just like, OK, you didn't do it. Like, there's, there's not really... No one really yeah. wants any sort of sanctions or anything if you don't meet it. So it is quite toothless. But I was interested... I, it was interesting how much of it was fixated on the problem of measuring, like, on actually measuring it. But, but I think... I don't know what you... Um, you either have to go on faith or on measures. I don't... You know, I don't know how else you can... No, no, it has I get, to be measures, but it's just should. like, that's a, that's a, you know, it's not easy. You know, what, what, yeah, no. And, the, and the, the, the idea of understanding the impact of, you know, there's lots of things people do. There's still lots of debate about what's the next, the best source of energy that's not from fossil fuels. Yeah. So you've got this like, you know, I think it's again, wizards versus profits, but it's, you know, nuclear versus, it's always seen as versus. And I've never mm. been averse to n- nuclear just because it's nuclear. I remember having a, a, a debate on the street years ago, someone getting me, trying to get me to sign a, a uh, anti-nuclear power yeah. petition. And I was like, well, I don't know <laughs> if it's, it's going to stop CO2. Like we're going to need something. And I, you know, I'm not sure that I, I don't know enough to sign that petition. Um, but I think this... Uh, Have you seen Chernobyl yet? We haven't no, watched haven't. it yet. I'm still a bit scared. Everyone's <laughs> saying it's amazing, yeah. but I have not seen it yet. Um, but I think this, uh, the measuring thing, it is very hard to know what to measure. And I think measuring the wrong thing could have a, potentially have a very negative effect. Like mm. measuring getting plastic straws out of the sea. Yeah. Brilliant. Yes, we do need to do that, but that's not going to save us. <laughs> Thank you.
we've got those UK, the UK, the UN sustainability goals. Sure. They're, sure aren't sure. they quite a good rounded measure? I mean, they're, they're, they're sort of like, they're nice icons for your sort of mission statement <laughs> and to sort of, they I are. think qualitatively they're nice. I, like I did say, like when I, I, you know, I had my UN sustainability goals, I did my tech day thing, I talked to everyone all day, I had my post-it notes. And then when it came to putting everything in a spreadsheet and going, okay, well, let's put these all against each sustainable development goal. It was like, these goals are a bit, I'm not finding them that useful for categorization of different people's uh, worries. Mm. And I was, that kind of surprised me because that there was um maybe i can find the document and um kind of flesh that comment out a bit more so i've got this big list of things that people um sort of had put on post post it notes so some of them were like ideas some of them were just worries so we talk about like um stop deforestation okay that's climate action what happens to my recycling that's climate action. Global warming. Uh, um, micromanagement is in decent jobs and economic growth. Uh, mental health, good health and well-being. Self-care, time and space, good health. Uh, Uganda, Rwanda, startups, industry, innovation and infrastructure. I'm looking at this now. Maybe it's not too bad. I think I think I sort of noticed that I kind of wanted there to be mental versus physical health. But maybe that's mm. maybe that's not that important. But also, like, refugee stuff, I couldn't see how to categorise except under reduced inequalities. Um, and then, um, like, find new owner for your old stuff, responsible consumption and production, I suppose. Ageing population, more love, sustainable cities, communities. I don't know. I think maybe, maybe, maybe my problem was more that it was just, like... Um, spread out across all of them. <laughs> I didn't but see that, one that I think, bigger. So that's I weird, right? That, but that illustrates the complexity of the problem. Well, what's interesting, but, like in terms of sustainable development goals, is that the environment is only really kind of one or two of them, and there's a lot of other ones. Um, um, but I think what we're saying, like the reason I voted for the Green Party in the European elections last time round was... I, it's not a single issue thing. It affects absolutely everything. It's institutional everything. Yeah, change yeah, yeah. and actually having that one focus in the same way that it's easier to learn how to do, like learn, a, learn science if you're trying to solve an actual problem. It's probably like yeah, better yeah, yeah. to try and make institutional changes if you can always bring it back to this climate goal. Yeah. And, and the worst thing about it all is that success will be success in this context is going to look like not too bad <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean like one one and a half degrees is inevitable yeah and so you know like it's 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 going to be very hard to go hey look we've, we've done it. it it's slightly worse than it was before but not much worse so it's okay so it hasn't even happened yet what are you all worried about? Climate change hasn't even happened yet. Why are you all complaining about it and talking about it so much? Can't wait for that line. <laughs> well, I well, I think that's. I don't think it's true. There was a thing on Twitter somebody shared, uh, about, which was a a, a mock up from a. Uh, 2014 French documentary saying, "Look, this is what a, a weather forecast for for this for central France might look like in 20 years' time, mm. and this summer's weather forecast exceeded all of those numbers." Oh God! On that, it was actually like 
so all the climate science predictions were out of the um you know were like wildly underestimating so you know it's pretty um i think i think going back to what you were saying they're like how do we how do we kill the cognitive dissonance and how do we make people understand these institutions understand that you know that that bit of profit is limiting your child's ability to survive Mm. um there's gonna have to be a bit of like smashing it up one way or the other but i think it is getting smashed up it is getting certainly it's under threat isn't it it's um and also like we we do see that you know the whole kind of branding industry is all about like so much of it for a while now has been about like appearing to be doing good so whether that's greenwashing or it's actually true i think it's a lot more going to be it's a lot easier to greenwash than to actually make systemic change and actually follow through on your promises. Like, we'll see how long, what was it, you, um, this bank lasts. <laughs> like, hopefully it I can do it. Like, um, well, I don't see, no, well, you know, I don't see why not. One of the things I listened to this week, which, I, which gave me uh, some... I don't know, it voiced something that I feel a little bit. I listened to this interview. So Russell Brand talking to Brené Brown. Yes. Uh, have you, did I send you that? You meant, you no, you mentioned it, it last, mentioned it. last one. But. Oh, it's, and I've now got all the way through it. Yeah. And one of the things she was talking about was the fact that a lot of what we're seeing, I hope I'm not repeating them from last no. podcast. Um, a lot of what we're seeing are like the death throes of the white male patriarchy <laughs> and that in the, and the you know the capitalist system they ha- there has to be a backlash from them because they are losing their footing and yeah, well we've seen you know, we're seeing the backlash like that's what trump yeah, is yeah yeah, yeah i yeah, think yeah, that's sorry. That, yeah, 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 yeah trump johnson Bannon, Farage, all these people being anywhere i mean mm. but steve bannon being interviewed by radio 4 today's program i mean what are they what did that what was that when was i I just hate that was this week radio 4 can just die as far as i'm concerned at this point but it was like a you know giving these people any form of platform when you know they could have had rushkoff on he would have been interesting do you know what i mean he's a human he's a thinker he's knowledgeable he's educated he's a human (laughs) he's a human it's like because bannon's Bannon's basic belief is that everything needs to be smashed in order to be rebuilt and his goal is to destroy the system but like I don't know what his goal is. His goal is just to rebuild it as what? Like, we don't ever... We don't know anything about that, do we? It's just make it back into a no. white supremacist thing again? What, is that it? Like, or is it... But is I, it, yeah. Is the thing that you're trying to smash the increasing awareness that there are lots of different kinds of people that need to be thought about and there are a lot more stakeholders than you thought before is that what you're trying to destroy by destroying everything because i'm not sure you're going to win that battle i think it's i don't know i i I genuinely i more and more think that you know even like even the attacks that we're seeing online you know against on attacks on Greta Thunberg and mm. talking about her being a deeply disturbed young lady and all these kind of things and it's like yeah. why she, yeah, is yeah, she is disturbed she should be because That's she's terrified point. That's her whole point you should be disturbed
everybody we should be it's like and I, I just don't think I think that the techniques that these that that they have are you know even with Cambridge Analytica and those mm. kind of success stories yeah. those techniques are techniques of control and I think we are becoming as a, as a worldwide society more aware of those things yeah, we and don't, less we're less afraid yeah and we don't like dishonest people nobody likes dishonest people so when it comes through that you've been kind of mucking about manipulating things we're not people aren't gonna all agree to let you do it forget about that plan no so as you can only you can only sustain it while it's in secret but sorry like you can't do this stuff in secret well and it's just the frustrating thing for me still comes back to like trump giving speeches where he talks about how the left are trying to divide us like how even just adopting fake news as something that wasn't the thing that he was fundamentally relying on like just just kind of like hijacking the terms that should be taking him down and using them to attack his opponents in a way that makes no sense but it sounds superficially good to people that want to agree with him that like his sort of underlying core of racism and nastiness and kind of blame mentality well the, i mean there's been an interesting thing uh on that sub on on that very topic uh in the washington national cathedral church of presidents whatever they mm. so you know i've mentioned Catherine hayhoe before the yes. the climate scientist that i like mm. to follow mm. part and part of the reason i like to follow her is because she's a christian and she gives me a, a kind of line of arguments that i'm not I don't know enough about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, she quoted from this article and she says, we have come to accept a level of insult and abuse in political discourse that violates each person's sacred identity as a child of God. That is the quote from this cathedral thing. And she's like, this is what it looks like when Christians' beliefs are based on the Bible rather than political ideology. And it's this political ideology infiltrating. It's like the woman that I was arguing with on Twitter telling me that if the state looks after the children, then the parents have no incentive to look after their own (laughs) children and not be feckless. I'm like, what you're presenting to me is an ideological argument and not... And that's it. And I can't, I can't argue with you because fundamentally our ideology is different. So for you to argue that Britain can't afford to feed these children is bullshit. So let's remove that. And why don't you admit that you fall into the gang of people who think that if somebody's child's drowning and its mum can't save it, then you let it drown because that is what you're saying. Well, I mean, it's, you're ignoring so much, and, I'm, and and the fact is, like, you could measure, you could show very simply that that wasn't true just by measuring and looking and asking people and talking to people. But people aren't making those arguments in good faith. I don't no. think, or they, or or they've adopted something from someone that wasn't yeah. giving them stuff in good faith, or yeah, it's just yeah. I like can't, wrong. I, uh... But it's like they, they turn turning things into. I think turning things into unassailable beliefs that become part of their identity that become part of your identity is is a is a way that you just can't have a, can't, people can't talk to you anymore no no, no you can't you can't i i, I uh, on on a similar note um and we will get back to how to solve this <laughs> maybe well, or maybe we know. won't 
Um, I was looking, so so Claire Farrell was on Sky News and then the Express covered it. So I went, I clicked on the Express link and read the article. Immediately underneath it was um, climate change, human caused climate ch- breaking. So I'll read it just mm-hmm. in climate change bombshell. Humans are not capital letters to blame for global warming claims shock study. Right, right. That, so that's just under the interview, Claire, the the, the right above the interview. So I click yeah. on the article, and the article is about how some scientists wrote a paper to say that global warming was to do with the planet, uh, the Earth moving closer to the sun, which okay. was totally, totally discredited. So the article itself is about how the thing was discredited. Yeah. Yet the headline is, yeah. and we know people don't read. I mean, never mind the fact that who gives a shit whose fault it is. We've got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like that's how they choose to cover the story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's criminal. It's, it's criminal. Like, well, I think it Radio is criminal. Four is, is in that realm these days as well. It's not just tabloids. It's it's. I don't understand when the BBC became this completely demoral, amoral organization that, that does not seem to be interested in in its responsibilities anymore let alone it's not even commercially driven like and then of course you know i can understand why the commercially driven ones would sort of go to start going down to this lowest common denominator clickbait because of capitalism but i just cannot understand how a how a sort of state funded like in tv license funded thing that does not need to advertise is still doing all those same things because i guess they think they've got to compete for attention in the same way as everything else does i don't Um, i mean i think a lot of their programming is good i think it's the news you know there's still lots of good tv on there that is responsible and has covered but i think it's just the um the way they're giving airtime to controversial characters that, that it's like we get taught in school if someone's being horrible let's not play with that person until they sort themselves out and what they're doing is going hey bully Come, let's make you head of the class. So, going back to institutions. Oh, yeah. Basically, (laughs) the problem is the machines are winning. Like, it's not Terminator, but it is a machine has taken over. Yeah. The sort of GDP, growth, economy, capitalism. And and I think on the one hand, did I have I said this on podcast? Like I think the good thing about capitalism is that in theory it doesn't have the same human prejudices. So it does give people that are more mar- marginalized maybe a slightly better chance than what came before it. So like capitalism itself, like just kind of deferring to sort of a number thing and not kind of having oh well, no you must be a gentleman in order to trade in um, biscuits although no non-gentlemen yeah. are permitted to trade in biscuits um, but the fact is it's an inhuman machine it doesn't care about us at all and it is not interested in looking after us um, no. in the sa- so it's not robots stalking through a barren landscape blowing us up but it, we are we have been enslaved literally we are literally we have literally been enslaved to this sort of like inhuman force um and it's destroying everything because it all it cares about is that one thing and people have uh stockholm syndrome (laughs) like people have brought into it (laughs) like so many people will defend it um so i but 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 one way i think might be 
good to talk about it rather than like because overthrowing capitalism let's face it well it's, it doesn't it sounds stupid um, it's very easy for like rich white people with posh accents to go mm, you just don't understand the, the ramifications you don't even understand how stupid you are kind of thing um, <laughs> but if we could talk if we could agree that it has some bugs that it is not perfect then maybe that yeah. would be a way to start sort of making some institutional change. Like, can we fix one or two of the bugs in it? Like, is this right that 90, like 1% of the population has 99% of the wealth or whatever it is? Does this look right? Is our system broken? Or are we all happy with this? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, but, and I think that's the system change that we need. But mm. we need... To all, so I, I think I, I was listening to uh, probably the guilty feminist and that actress Francesca Martinez. The mm. she describes herself as a wobbly woman. She's got that um, uh, I, don't, I can't remember what the disability is, but she's mm. she's got a speech impediment and she sort of she's not fully in control of all her muscles. I don't know how to okay. describe it. I don't know what she's got, but she's disabled. Um, but she, I was listening to well, I don't know what the uh, well, she was. I was listening to her and she was like a massive act of civil disobedience in this consumer capitalist society is to just be happy with who you are. So not have the, this, that broken system that doesn't care about us insist that we need, you know, beach ready bodies and uh, the must have skirt for this season and that next upgrade and whatever the hell else it is that's enslaving us into a system that doesn't work for us. It's like, just be happy with exactly who you are. And, you know, that in itself, it would be a massive act of civil disobedience. And this is is what the people who... The, uh, the guy that is measured as the happiest person ever like, it's all about acceptance like happiness yeah. is about being in the present and accepting the world like I I, I, I struggle with that because yeah. but I'm also doing it like I sort of I, I come into this building like in the studio it's above a youth centre it's a bit like like the central heating doesn't work like the lift's broken like it, the kitchen's a bit grubby it's like um, it's not quite the standard to which I am accustomed um you know it's especially when like especially contrasted with like Hotel Tonight's office which was this like pristine snack bonanza all the different coffees you can imagine everything nice and clean monitors for everyone cables for everyone you know like there's an AR there's a VR helmet in the corner and there's a chill out room with a little book and some tissues so you can cry um yeah yeah, i'd quite like to have a bit more of that but what what stops people accepting their situation what is the sort of like um it's it's very easy to accept your situation if your situation is in that um you know that that 50 grand a year yeah, plus yeah. you know that i've got enough yeah it's it the thing i completely understand why somebody who is living in poverty below mm. the poverty line near it yeah. struggling why they want stuff and why they should want to fly on they you know it's like when when, when do i hang on a minute we're going to stop flying before i've even had a chance to fly that doesn't seem fair you lot have used up all my carbon footprint for flying on holidays i want to go on holiday i want to go to australia i want to see you know and it's like and i don't and i i complete and i think 
this always comes back to solving inequality always because the people that they they're like going back to what you said at the very beginning the the anchor point for this conversation is let's let's decide let's agree that one percent of the population being richer than all of the rest of us put together is a bug that needs to be fixed Mm -hmm. let's how if i if i am still you know struggling to work out what to feed my kids tomorrow I ain't got time to engage my brain with that kind of problem. I don't really care. Yeah, look, if, if, uh, yeah, but if you take down Amazon, where's my zero hour shitty contract going to come from? Because right now, Amazon's all I've got. And I don't want you to take down Amazon because I need Amazon because at least I get some work from Amazon. You know, like, do you know, Uh, uh, why would I I, I join in? (laughs) Not to derail this, I read an article about it because John Oliver did an Amazon sort of takedown thing, like about the terrible working conditions in the factories. And I read a very articulate piece about like what this, how good a job, it felt like it was actually like, actually a really nice place to work and it yeah. did it fostered all these different things like you're working with different types of people and like it, it, it really sort of like broke down the kind of like no no you should hate amazon thing a little bit yes it's disgusting but, that, that but, that, that's taxes, the... but like it's a shame that that's the best that you can aspire to like yeah, your amazon that's, that's, job. you know like that that's what we need like you know i why would you know if you've not had a job yeah, or you've yeah. struggled or you've been on you know I, who am I to tell you it. that your job's shit or you can't do it? Fuck, yeah. you know, that's not that's not understanding the. We need, you know, like with all the ninety nine percent of us need to be in a position where we're, we, you know, uh, uh, we're not in. We don't have suffer from in work poverty. We've got reasonable jobs that are working yeah. reasonable hours. That means we've got the brain space to think about this shit. Yeah, and the um, trouble is, like, the 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 fact is, you need. Not me particularly. You need white, posh-sounding men in government to be feminists and to be eco-warriors. You need those people that have the power to make the change because no amount of underdog complaining is going to make that change unless you actually literally kind of manage to find a way to do violence, although I think that's harder and harder yeah. now because the buildings are quite well guarded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I think we can't are, do the French... Yeah. You can't, we're probably going to struggle to... We can't to, do the French Revolution. We can't. It's too late for that. So the only thing yeah. we can do is get these people that do have the power to make the change. And... Like, I mean, the good thing about that is there's not so many of them. But the, um, hard, the bad thing about it is they're very hard to get to and they've got a lot of people wanting things from them day in and day out. So um, I think the key to this is, I mean, the people in power have to change because honestly, or, but then like just seeing AOC in Congress is just, I love watching her like whenever I see like her talking there, she's got a detailed notes and she's got examples and quotes and all this data yeah, yeah. that she just gives to these people that are used to just not having to. She does have bloody homework, and I Explain. think you know, like get get more people like yeah. that in those places as well. And like I, government is different to business; it does attract hopefully people that aren't completely fixated on that kind of number, and um, they are. A lot of them, even if misleadingly, mis, misguidedly hoping to help people, 
and be sort of um, people to like them. I suppose the, the, the key to this well, is yeah. we need to sh- keep. Ma- oh, I don't know. That's tricky. We spend enough time showing people in power how much we don't like them, and it, it seems like they just have to sort of ignore it after a certain point. See, I have got, I've got, I've got it. Right, right. I'm listening Good. to you. You reminded me of final a, point. Of two things. I have uh, this week another thing I watched was Rick Mail's address to because he got an honorary doctorate from Exeter University. Yeah, and the he made five points. Only one and, well, three of them have stayed in my head. The first is that we are all equal, all men. He used the word men, which obviously Mm. I flinched at. All (laughs) humans are equal and therefore nobody is ever your superior. Yeah. That was one point, which I 100% agree with. The other is that change is a constant in life and that, you know, never use your wisdom. You know, you, your change is a constant. That's it. But the last one was love is the answer. Mm. So all those poor boys that are now in power, whose mummies sent them off to boarding school at three and broke them. Um, and I have, I've, been, I've almost finished reading The Body Keeps the Score. And I'm mm-hmm. more and more and more concerned with childhood. Um mm. They, we need to love, we need to get them all in, just give them so much love okay, right. <laughs> that they are healed. We just yes. need to not hit at them with hate. We need to not hit at them with offensive commentary. We yeah. just need to just love them. Well, we need 10, <laughs> ten eco-feminist love units for every one whinging hate unit. And maybe we could start to turn them around that way. It's just like, it just, that's the answer. Okay, well, let's let's start that campaign. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, you can go to grandpodcast.com and subscribe there or subscribe in the app in which you are currently listening. If you are in, listening in an app or whatever, I don't know, it's your life. Um, where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter where I'm loving everybody. Loving everybody. <laughs> you find me at microforestmusic.com. Handing out love. Hmm, you find me at microforestmusic.com, although... Uh, Good to hear.co.uk, kinda, blankstate.org, kinda. Um, I've got a new app idea, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, the next evolution of happiness. I uh, Maybe I'll do that as the start of the next episode. I'll explain that. Um, what, uh, well, if, if you like the podcast and you want, like, it's going to keep going. Like, we're not going to threaten you by saying if you don't <laughs> support us, then we're going to stop. We like doing it, but, you know, it does cost Bill of Blowers. Um, so we do have a Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash grandpodcast. You can be, like, the second person on there if you want. We've got Shaz <laughs> and we've got Annette as an honorary Patreon supporter. Um, so get, come on, come on. Look, I'm being transparent here. I'm not going to pretend that we've got loads of secret supporters. <laughs> we've got, like, one and it's my girlfriend. 
Um, so, uh, but uh, it's weird in itself. But you know, just help us. Even if you just do a dollar, then that sort of starts to create some social proof, which is a way. If people see that ten people have supported something, they'll be like, "Oh, maybe I should support it." So you can, if you're one of our early listeners, it's not going to cost you anything really. You're not going to notice. Um, and if you do listen every week or like every few weeks, then you know it's not much, is it? Uh, anyway, well, if you if you don't want to spend money, there's other things that might be helpful. Oh yes, if you could <laughs> write us some reviews. Um, there's star ratings doesn't matter what platform where if you could that would be marvellous because it helps us fight the system and also if you could tell your friends maybe or share the podcast with some other people Mm. or you know just subscribe them you know that's that's really all it takes Uh, a couple of subscribers if everybody introduced one of their friends to the podcast (laughs) that would be amazing it would be quite the pyramid scheme and a coup for us (laughs) so please please if you would uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 bye.